Okay, everybody, so, so this man we're going to start a new Limud. Last man we were learning Rapinkus. And um, this man we're going to be learning the Matnas Chaim, which is the Sefer uh, <coughs> uh, of Rematasio uh, Salomon, Zechitzadik Levracha, the Lakewood Mashkiach. He was just Nifter a couple of weeks ago. Um, he was a Talmud of Rebellion Lapian who is the subject of our Tuesday night Baden. And um, he, uh, he made a very great impact on American Jewry. Before he was in Beis Kavaya, he was in Gateshead in, in England, one of the, you know, very Chashiva Makaymas Hatera in England. And uh, he didn't really want to come to America, but he was maybe coerced to come here, Reb Nassim Rachvogel and others were pressuring him to come, and eventually he came, and he really uh, created a, a tremendous mapecha in this country, and um, before, you know, he got sick, he was, uh, he was a great speaker, he would go around to different communities and give, uh, give beautiful drushes, very important drushes. And then, of course, uh, in the later years of his life, he undertook a, a great mochama against technology. Uh, he, uh, we spoke about it in the past, but basically he made a, uh, an asifa, an internet asifa, uh, in the mid-2010s, uh, maybe 2014, I'm not sure. But uh, he filled up City Field and uh, a neighboring stadium, and people came, Ari Yeshiv also attended, and tremendous Kiddush Hashem, and it created an awareness. It didn't solve any problems, but it did create an awareness that technology was a, a major issue, and as a result of it, uh, people uh, changed a lot of their habits, I think, and uh, it created a different, um, a different way of thinking and looking at technology, and uh, that's all to his eternal credit. Let's learn a little bit of uh, some of his Tyra. There's uh, many Svarim that he wrote. There, most of them are by the title Mat Neschayim. I have to buy uh, one on, um, I guess Purim is coming up. Maybe we'll start working on Purim. This one happens to be, I had a, a volume in my house. So I just used it. Uh, it's on Roshan Yom Kippur. But don't get scared. It's sort of, uh, the topic is sort of a, a general topic. And uh, we'll probably every week just uh, try to find new interesting pieces from him. So the title of the first piece is Hamevin al Kol Maseim. He brings a nefesh achayim. Beer yisaid nifla lama kasa hamevin al Kol Maseim to el. Ever wonder when it says Hamevin al Kol Maseim that Kadosh knows all of our deeds. Hakadosh Baruch understands everything that we do. But it could have just said, What's Hameven El Kalmaseim? What's that extra word El? He understands to all of the actions of man. What does it mean, El? Mao El Kalmaseim. Ubir Sham, Sheyitzram Yaydead, Efei Tikune Maseim Magiem, Eilahepechas Vishalom. He says that a uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows where the Maseim, what exactly happens to our deeds. 
what the the context of Nefesh Achayim, which you really have to learn, is the Nefesh Achayim is telling us big Yisaidus how we think on this earth that we do we do a mitzvah. We do an Avera, and we think it's very self-contained. Everything that we do is right in front of me. So if I speak Lashon Hara, all right, it's, it's a very bad thing, but I, I'm, it is what it is, and it's, that's it. You know, if I do a mitzvah, I put on tefillin, Havdil, so I put on my tefillin, and, and that's all it is. There's nothing more to talk about. Then Avshah Chaim says that you have no idea what the ripple effects, both Lataiva and Lamuta, both good and bad, are... In Shamayim, he says, when you put on tefillin, let's say, uh, or when you learn Tyra together to, tonight, we think we're just sitting here learning Tyra, and then in a half an hour it's going to be over, and that's it. It's never over. Whatever we do on this world, if we would be able to see, we can't. Our, our eyes are very, you know, very blinded to be able to see anything supernatural going on. But if we'd be able to put a tracer on what we're doing, we would be shocked to know that our words go up to the highest of the heavens, that climbs and climbs light years away, millions and millions of years away, is the energy that is coming about because we're learning right here tonight. And that energy doesn't just go into Shemayim, it goes to Shemayim, and then it comes back, it like ricochets back to earth, and it creates tremendous bracha in all of our lives, and then maybe in, in the entire Klai Yisrael's lives, and maybe because we're learning Tyre here now, it could be that we're saving Chayalim in Gaza, it could be that we're saving uh, people from having accidents in, in, uh, in Florida. I don't know. There, we have no idea what we're doing. That's the good news. The bad news is that when we speak Lashon Hara, when we, do, uh, when we look at things we're not supposed to, when we think about things, when we do bad stuff, it also has that same ripple effect. It goes up to... The Shamayim, and it comes back down, and it comes with such a force and such a fury that it creates terrible, terrible phenomenon on Earth. It could create a tsunami somewhere in the uh, in the Pacific Rim. It could create uh, uh, people Leilenu getting into accidents, Chayalim dying, uh, regular people in hospitals, uh, you know, having mishaps. There's there's so many things that could happen. We have no idea what we do. We have no idea what we do every single second. We think that we're little ants crawling around planet Earth and just doing our little thing and studying and learning a little bit, davening and, you know, Shama Yisrael. We have no idea how powerful we are. That's why the Reb Chaim Velazhner in his Nefesh HaChaim, he's speaking about what it means to be Nivra B'Tselem Elikim. What does it mean that I'm created in the image of God? What does that mean? He says, because we have godliness in us. In fact, he says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu follows us. We are the leaders and Kaviyachla HaKadosh Baruch Hu responds and reacts to whatever we do. The world is not running because HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides to give bracha and to give taiv or to give ra. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is waiting for us to lead. And if we take the lead and we do wonderful things, then he's going he's gonna to mirror that. He's going to do wonderful things in, in, in earth. But if we do bad things, it's going to come back and it's going to create. So these are haunting thoughts because it means that when we look in a, in a newspaper or online and we see that there's been a terrible earthquake uh, in Japan and it's killed hundreds of people, and we, you know, we say, okay, that's not Nagea, it's Israel, it's not Nagea, us, let's go weiter. 
you never know. Like, you just don't know. Like, maybe it was something to do with us. It probably did have something to do with us. And then when we see tremendous bracha somewhere in the world, that could also be because of us. So, Reb Chaim says that when it says, Hamaven el kol he doesn't just understand our actions. He understands what our actions caused. He understands the cause that an effect that, that exists between every little thing that we do and how far it could take it to. And, and it's, a, it's an amazing thing. It's a frightening thing, but it's also a, it's an awesome thing. It gives us more reason to, to feel relevant in, in the world because sometimes a lot of us suffer from low self-esteem and we think like, Ma'anu, mechayinu, what are we worth? What are we accomplishing? I, I don't, I'm not even learning so well, and I'm not davening so well, and I'm not doing so well in school, and like, what's my, what am I doing with my life? I don't know exactly what my major is. And like, we get very depressed. When you learn of Chaim Velazhner, you see that everything that we do is so relevant to the cosmos and to the universe. El kol maseya means HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows the, the, the effects of whatever we do. Everything that happens in the world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a tracer and he's able to know um, how much we're able to accomplish and, and Rachman al-Tzan the other way. On the great day of judgment, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're always afraid HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to just show us our Averis and that is alone scary enough. But that's not it. El yira lanu kama how many good opportunities were lost because we did bad? People that were sick, they could have gotten better, but because we didn't improve our ways, they didn't. And we're going to see all of that in Shamayim. We did Averis, and we never put it together that maybe I didn't have a good Parnassa because of the Averis that I did. We don't put it together. And, but if we would realize that maybe if I would learn better, if I learn more, if I'd be able to not be Mavatal Terrace so much, if I would daven better, that that would have a direct impact on so many people, myself included, and I would, my job prospects would be better and my shidduch prospects would be better if I would just improve my ways, then we would have a much richer experience in Ruchnius. When you learn Taira, it's not like just a little thing. You're literally, you know, sometimes people say, you know, we're doing our part in the war effort and the Chayalim are doing theirs and, and we like roll our eyes and say, yeah, right. Reb Chaim says in Matisio Salomon is basically telling us that every word of Taira that we're learning is like a, it's like an atomic bomb that, that goes off. And it's able to give tremendous hashpahs of taiva to Klal Yisrael, which means that if the war effort is going well in Gaza, it might very well be, not might, it is very well because of the fact that we had a good first Seder today. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's not, that, that, no, that, that's what we're saying. That's the, the Torah that we learn, we don't have any idea what we're doing when we learn Torah. If we would, we would be in the base medish every single hour that we could, and, you know, besides from when we're in college, we'd be mamish burning the midnight oil till three in the morning. 
and then falling asleep in our Gemara till davening. We had, we would have no idea. We have no idea how much hashpais, how much schar, how much goodness we're bringing to the world by Tyra. Not only are we bring ourselves maybe if there was a bad day in Gaza, it could be that it's because we didn't learn well today. We could either build worlds but instead of that, very often we have chosen to destroy worlds. How many times do we eat something and we don't make a bracha? How many times do we do that? Like we just find ourselves like, you know, and if we do make a bracha rishayna, how often do we not make a bracha achreina? We just like, Forget about making a bar nefashas. Forget about making alamech. We had a cookie and we just go to class and we just forget about it. Happens all the time, right? So the Gemara says if you do that, it's like you're stealing from Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Knesset Yisrael. What does that mean? Rashi there writes to nechshav l'gaizim Knesset Yisrael to kishachaitin haperais liken because when you sin, the fruits are damaged. The fruits get destroyed because of our sins. I didn't make a bracha achreina tonight, right? I, I went, I had some something to eat, and I forgot to make a barinafashis. So as a result of that, my little forget forgetfulness of a bracha achreina. This is Rashi. This isn't some chasidish attire. This is Rashi. It's able to cause a achas because I didn't make a bar nefashas. That means some guy in uh, in Svas or in uh, uh, you know somewhere that has farms, his farms, his fruits are getting ruined because I didn't make a bracha. That's the causality. That's the that's how it works with Klai Yisrael. This is what Kaya is all about. Okay, so that's a very important Yisrael that we just learned together, that we should never believe for a second that anything that we do is trivial. Nothing that we do is trivial. Everything that we do is vitally important, and it has hashpais, it has emanations that are beyond our wildest imagination. We would not be able to understand how powerful it is um, every mitzvah that we do. Every, the smallest mitzvah, we put tzitzis on in the morning. And we think, yeah, it's nice. We don't, we don't know what it does. I don't know what it does. If I would know what it does, I would, I, I don't know. I'm just, we're just reading these words together. It's not like I know and you don't know, or you know and I don't know. It's something that no, I don't think any human being walking the planet could fathom the extent of what it means to learn one word of Torah. One word, single word of Tyra. And when, we're, when we don't learn Tyra, when we should be learning, we, we're Mavat all time, we think that it's a, it's, it's a simple thing. It's not a simple thing because we're holding back so much good from the world and so much good from our own, for our own lives. Let's see another, uh, like a related piece. Along the similar, similar lines, the Nefesh writes, when it comes to our speech, 
ksiv ki ne yitzer har mavarich ruach umagilad masichai. Hakadosh Baruch Hu creates mountains. He creates wind, and he also tells a person what his conversations are. Meaning, when a person dies, all of the, a transcript of everything that we ever said is going to be laid out before us. What is, again, he's medayik nefesh hachayim. What does it mean, masicha? It should say, you, you will, a person will be told his conversation. What's masicha? Not only that, we spoke Lashnara, we said Nivalpeh, we said Dvarim Betel, and we said Sheker. Not only that, that would be enough. But Elas Masha Diburim Elu Garmu Lames. But what did our our speech? What did it do in terms of the Elamis, all the worlds above? A simple conversation has the ability to destroy worlds. Not only worlds that are in the ether, worlds in the, uh, in the Milky Way somewhere, some far-flung galaxies have planets exploding, stars exploding because of our conversation. That may or may not be, I don't know. But it's machrabai lames in this world. We're destroying worlds in this world in, with, with every word that we say. I don't know if you realize it. When you have the ability to, uh, to use your words well, what you're doing is you're building tremendous worlds. What you're doing is you're, if let's say a person is, uh, you know, you see a person's a little low, you go over to him and say, how you doing? Good morning. You look good today. I like your, uh, I like your shirt. You know, good haircut. The guy feels good about himself. You have just built a tremendous world. Then sometimes you get, a, a, you get into a Lashon Hara mode and you start speaking about a guy in yeshiva and you say, that guy, he is, he is really, really not smart. I mean, this guy is really, really dumb. It's a simple conversation. Right? It's not like, you know, they probably could say a lot worse things about it. But from that day on, whoever was in the room that heard you say those few words has a new perspective on this guy. Until now, I thought he was a regular guy. Now I look at him as being dumb. And when I look at him as being dumb, so every time that, that I look at him, I look at him like that. So he might say something really smart to me, but I'm going to like roll my eyes, oh my gosh, this guy's like really dumb. And then like somebody's going to call me a couple of years from now or maybe a year from now and say, hey, do you know Chaim? Uh, I'm looking into him for my daughter. I'm like, listen, do yourself a favor. He's really not smart. Okay, like just stay away from Chaim. Don't, don't ask questions, just trust me. Now, the guy, it wasn't even true. He is smart. It was just, you were just talking, right? Just schmoozing. Just a bull session in the room. <coughs> and then when a guy needs a job, hmm, don't, don't look elsewhere. It's not, not good for you. So that's being machr v'ilamis. You're not going to just know, okay, that day in, in, in the dormitory, you had this conversation, you said a guy was dumb. You're going to see what, what was the ramifications of that comment? You're going to see how this whole guy's life was ruined because you said that one line. We don't have that ability in this world to know. We can't trace, you know, like put a tracer, like a, a lojack, a tracer on, uh, on um, you know, on, on words and be able to see like how far, how far flung it goes. But in Shemaim they do. 
You know, so you see this guy, you know, this guy, he never had a shidduch. I was just telling people uh, this morning by the daf, it speaks about, we were speaking about the sugya of Baishas, about embarrassing somebody else. And one of the things that it says is, uh, like, in a, it depends, like, what you did to embarrass a guy. So if you, like, slap a guy this way, that's a certain amount of money. If you slap a guy with the back of the hand, that's double. It's a bigger design. You couldn't even give him like a normal slap. You got to slap him with a, a backhanded slap. That's worse. And then it says that you pick up a guy, if you pull a guy by his ears, that's really bad. If you pull a guy by the air, that's even worse. And there's like a, there's like a money, you know, there, there's dollar signs. There's, there's a, a price tag for each of these levels of busho. That's what the Gemara Mishnah says there in Baba Kamo. Tafsadi. So I, all of a sudden I had like a flashback and uh, when I was in, a, I'm not going to say what grade and what shir and what yeshiva, but like I was in yeshiva and, um, and there was a, a boy that was, uh, um, whatever, he had issues and, you know, whatever. And my rabbi was a very wild guy. He was like a very, he was a great rabbi, but he was like, you know, he was like adrenaline, like cubed. Like he was always like on fire. He was always like, and like, I just remember that one, this is a very short boy and the rabbi p- picked him up one day by his ears and there was like a garbage can, like one of these industrial garbage cans and he threw him into the garbage can. And it was like, it was very bad. It was like really bad. Everyone was laughing or whatever, but anyway, the end of the year he left yeshiva and, um, and uh, then I bumped into him on the street a couple of years later and uh, he was not from, he wasn't wearing a yarmulke. He had hair down to here. He had like a leather jacket. He was like a, like, you know, like a real, he had ter- total turnaround it's a very long story. He, he ended up being very successful. He became like a multimillionaire. And then he, uh, he lost a, a whole very long story. Oh, oh I, whatever. I have spoken about this guy a few times already. But I don't know what the reason is. There might be a hundred different reasons for his decisions in life. But I don't think that what the Rebbe did helped. And, you know, in Shemayim... You go up to Shemayim and you think I was a rabbi and I did this, I was Marbet Steyer, and they're going to say, buddy, you know, like, look what you did. Look what you did. Like, you didn't, you, you, you threw the guy into a busha, like you were and Rabbim, went off the derech, I don't care what, how many, you know, like, it's, look what you did. And, and that, that could be us, because we all have done things, I guess, through, I definitely did. Throughout my life, you know, the things that you say or things that you do or things that you, you know, you're not proud of. And you think like, okay, it's bad, but, but it ends, you know, but you don't know if it ends. You don't know if like the things that you do, where they lead to. It means that Hakashvachu tells you, it doesn't just tell you what you said, but like what was the, what was the outcome of your conversations? When you talk in learning, it's only good that's going to come about. It's not. There's no bad. If you're talking in learning and talking Musa, we're learning t- t- tonight together. Only good. You go back to the dorm where I go home or whatever, and we start schmoozing, and you don't know what you know. It's just a simple conversation. There's no such thing as a simple conversation. Every single word is either good or bad, and the good words could create tremendous ilamis, build ilamis that we can't even understand, and the bad words. 
they're destroying worlds, people's worlds all around us. If we would know what, we were, what our mouth is, we would daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, do not allow me to speak. I want to be an Elam. I don't want to speak because when you, when you speak, it's, it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous what we could do with our mouth. V'shamati mimayri v'rabi ha'gayin. Rabbi Eliyahu Lapian, who, like I said, we learn his Torah on Tuesday nights. You're welcome to come. I guess these two... What Tuesday and Wednesday are now uh, complimentary shirim. We have a Rebbe and a Talmud. Be'er nifla al pasuk zeh. Hine yaitzah harmavari ruach. He says a geshmak in this pasuk. If you were wondering, like, what's the connection? When I said this pasuk before, this pasuk is an amos, that HaKadosh creates mountains, he creates wind, and he tells a person what his conversations are. Like, which, you know, in, in, like in, when I was a kid, they had like, which doesn't belong? Like, which are the, like, what doesn't belong here? He creates mountains, he creates wind, and he tells a person what his conversation is. Like, what's the connection? Obviously, it's, a, it's an obvious question. Ma hakesher ben brias harim ugvuras Hashem lebein maglad masi? What's the connection? Ubir. So Rebellio explains as follows. The ruach b'yisayda Wind, beside, there's no mamashas to wind. There's nothing. It, it's, what is it? It's nothing. It's not a rock. It's not, a, it's not, a, it's not an ocean. It's wind. It's, it's air. It's nothing. It's, it's, uh, it's just uh, whatever it is, oxygen. But the fascinating thing about wind, that a great wind, powerful, has the ability to uproot mountains and break rocks. You ever see like rock formations? Or I have as, as a screensaver. Um, sometimes it like, I don't know, my computer has different screensavers, but like there's a rotation, so you get to see it every once in a while. And it's like the coolest thing. It's like these like very interesting rock formations. Sometimes it happens because of water erosion, but sometimes it happens because just wind is constantly causing it and chiseling it in, in, in very interesting ways. So you have wind, it seems like nothing, but if it's a forceful wind and it's able to have like a, a constancy to it, it could literally break mountains and, and, uh, and rocks. Ruach tamidis keseder, if you have a constant wind stream, it could take a, a huge mountain and, and lift it up. And he says the same thing is true. So HaKadosh creates, he creates mountains and he creates wind. And wind has an effect on mountains. It rips up mountains. That's the connection to the end of the Pasuk. Because Sicha, a conversation, a person's words, also, what is it? It's air. It's What am I doing? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not breaking something physically. So what am I doing? I'm talking. We're talking right now, right? What am I doing with my mouth? I'm just, just wind coming out. Oh, b'kaycha l'hachriv aylamis. Just like wind, ruach, has the ability to mefarikarim, to rip up mountains, that's how powerful a gale force wind is, that you don't even realize it, but it, it's powerful. That's what a person's conversation is also. The words that, we, that come out of our mouth are so powerful that we have no idea how powerful they are. 
Leitzanus achas in, in Mishle. One word of of Leitzanus, of like a, of cynicism could uproot a thousand musushmuzin. Leitzanus he keefes v'shemdav. What's Leitzanus? Leitzanus is nothing. That's the Kayach of Dibar. You can have a person, he's very from, and he's very into Musa, and he's listening, he's what? And one guy says, like that. You know, you can, you can go to a, a, a very powerful Musa sometimes. And after the Musa like one guy go, makes some funny snorting sound or something like, or like, that was a horrible Shmuz. And like, everything collapses. The whole thing just like withers away. That's the Kayach of Leitzanus. So words are extremely powerful. Leitzanus is powerful. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bar Metzios Bebriya Shuruch Mefarakam HaKadosh Baruch Hu created this in the world, the Metzios, that wind is able to break mountains. Kedeshe Lanu, why did he do that? Ah, I know why he did it. Kedeshe Lanu Mashal V'Navin Es Kalchena Because if we want to know how powerful our our wind is, what's our wind? Our wind is what comes out of our mouth. Look at the mountains, look at the wind and what it does to mountains. He also created wind. And wind, as great as the mountain is, as strong, as powerful, as there's nothing more steady in the world than a mountain, but yet a little wind could come eventually and, and, and tear it up. The Cholza Kadeshane, why did Hashem do this? In order that we should learn Musa from this. How powerful is the, the Hevel of our mouth, the, the wind of our mouth. So that's the, uh, this is basically a, a good sample that we had tonight of Ramatisio Solomon's Tyra. So then really, he was quoting, he was quoting from. Um, from Nefesh Achayim to Shtiklach, and he was going from Elapian, but he puts it together so beautifully, and he gives us a, a little taste, a little feel of how great we are, how much potential, how much power, how powerful we are. We think that you have to be, I don't know, the President of the United States to have power. We have so much power. Every single person has the power to build worlds and to destroy worlds, to create a, a, a greater life around us or to create a horrible life and it's a decision that we make and and you know when you make a decision at your age it's it's great because you're not married yet and you don't have a family yet and you can decide right here and right now in this room that i want to be a force of positivity in the world i don't want to be one of these negative guys that are always you know speaking badly and then you get married and you and your wife are speaking lush and all day and being negative and this is terrible and that person's awful and the, you can go through your life that way that everybody's bad everyone's evil and like we're going to just destroy everybody and everything in our way or you could be a positive person and use your mouth to build people up to give people hope to uh to to help people learn to help people study to help people with jobs um you know, there's so much that we need to do in our life. We don't have the ability to waste our time with negativity and to use the power of our words, the ruach of our path, to, uh, which has the power to be Iker Harim, to destroy mountains. Uh, if it could do that, then it could certainly build mountains and it could cre- create uh, a world around us that will be so much more uh, filled with blessing and with hope 
uh, because we have made a decision early on. You know, when I was in, I know it's late. You know, when you think like the Chavetz Chaim, here's a person that was able to really curb his Lashon Hara. And nowadays it's impossible. Who could do that nowadays? Today we have to talk and we're on the phone and we have WhatsApp. And when I was a Bachar in Yeshiva, I went to a, in, in Eretz Israel, a Yeshiva called Kol Taira. It was a very Chashav Yeshiva, it still is, it was a Shlem Zalmanar, Yeshiva, a very big, prominent Yeshiva in Yerushalayim, by Vagan. And there was a guy there, um, he was about my age, I think he was like 19, 20, and they say about him that he had made a Kabbalah by his Bar Mitzvah, that he will never speak Lashon Hara the rest of his life. Never speak Lashon Hara, and he did it. I mean, I'm sure he's still doing it today, but at least for those amount of years, from 13 to 20, he was, he was, it was very mag. Now, you think the guy's a hermit, right? You think the guy, he wasn't. He was a very gishmaka guy. He was going around and he was talking and he, he was just a positive person. He was smiling, he was learning, he was gishmak. He just didn't speak Lashon Hara. It just didn't, it just didn't enter his vernacular. My point is that it's possible if we want to make a decision with our life that I don't want to speak Lashnara, that you could do it. It's doable. It's not like something that's like, it's impossible. It's, it's a lot easier sometimes not to speak Lashnara to make that decision than to not make that decision and speak Lashnara. It's that, certainly easier in the next world if you make that decision. But just in terms of being like a good person, why would you want to speak Lashnara? Why, why, what's tempting? What's so gishmak about it? What do we get from it? We just feel dirty after the, after the Maisa. We destroy everybody's lives, you know, as a, as a result. So even if you don't have to take a Nadu, you don't have to take a Kabbalah, but it's just something like it's a decision, a conscious decision that we can make at, a, at an early age in life, that you can make at an early age in life, that I want to be a good, I want to just be good. I want to use the Kaya Hadibur for positivity. I want to learn. I want to dive. I want to make people feel good. I want to always... And if people are talking Lashonara, it's a Lomadabari lie. I don't want to... It doesn't speak to me. I'm not interested in your Lashonara. It doesn't do it for me. And when, when you tell that to people or, or people realize that, they're going to stop talking Lashonara to you because they don't... You know, if you don't appreciate it, they're not going to sell their goods to you. And it's such a better life. Such a better life if you're able to just filter what you say and make sure that it's positive and good and, and have Kedusha such a better life than having to fall into the, into the gutter of, of all the bad that comes about when a person is not properly motivated uh, to avoid Lashonara.